Uh, if you brought your Bibles, you can go ahead and open them to uh, Luke chapter 12. Uh, we've been in a, a, a teaching series, an overgrow series. Uh, Luke kind of writes his gospel as a travel gospel of Jesus. He moves around to different areas. And uh, in uh, chapter 9 through 19, for 10 chapters, Jesus resolutely turns his face towards Jerusalem. It's this, it's this season of, of real intensity and, and purpose, purposeful movement. So today we're going to be in, a, in Luke chapter 12, and to kind of offer this teaching, I need to talk about a tie-dye t-shirts. Um, clearly a biblical idea. Uh, you can go ahead and throw that image up there. So how many of you have owned a tie-dye t-shirt? How many of you have made it? Everybody that was like alive in the 60s was like, oh yeah, I remember that. It's got to come around, and maybe some of you have made your own tie-dye. It's, I need to put it on my bucket list. I don't think I've ever owned or worn a tie-dye t-shirt. But, but the process is not that complicated, right? You take a t-shirt, and you put a bunch of rubber bands. We wad it up, put a bunch of rubber bands, and then you just take all different kind of colors, right, and start blending them in. And, and that's really kind of what Luke is doing with this section of Jesus' teaching. Like, he, he just takes all these different teachings, uh, uh, he's going to, in the next few verses, he's going to talk about uh, uh, life and death, he's going to talk about the kingdom of heaven, he's going to talk about worry, he's going to talk about money, he's going to talk about your heart, he's going to talk about all these different, all these different colors, and he's going to just, like Luke does this in his gospel several times, it's not like, hey, one, two, three, but like he said, I'm just going to smush all this together, I'm going to blend all of these teachings together, and so I may be talking about orange, and you're going to see blue and purple, or I may be talking about blue and purple, and you're going to be seeing yellow, like that's that's just kind of how this teaching works, It's it's got a real heartbeat to it, and, and there's something to be seen when you look at the whole thing together. So uh, let's uh, look at uh, this uh, this colorful teaching of Jesus. Uh, starting in verse 13, uh, I'll read it and uh, you can follow along. Then someone called from the crowd, teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. And Jesus replied, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such thing as, as that? Then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told them a story. You guys know enough about Jesus. Know when he starts telling stories, you know you are in trouble, right? You got it? Then he told them a story. So there was a rich man that had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. And he said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, what are those two words? You fool. You will die this very night. Then who will get everything you work for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. I love these teachings, this, this tie-dye, this mishmash of teachings from Jesus. Uh, it says earlier in chapter 12, it said that Jesus is surrounded by a crowd of people. It's a, it's a mosh pit of people pushing and, and forcing their way closer and closer. It even says in Scripture that they're actually stepping on each other. So he's got this massive captive audience pressing in on him, and you see Jesus has this, like, this opportunity to tell them something. And so he tells them a story about a guy that has it all, right? 
He's got it made. Uh, he's singing Dave Matthews, eat, drink, and be merry. Like, like he, he has everything. Everything that, that maybe people in that crowd would desire or want. The goals that they've been shooting for. And yet Jesus says, warning. Beware. Remember last week we talked about people who have eyes to see but don't see? Jesus says, beware. I was reading an article this week uh, in, uh, in Golf Digest. Uh, there's this famous golf coach named, uh, uh, his name is Pete Cohen. And, and so he's taught uh, um, some of the, the best players in the world, Henrik Stinson and Sergio Garcia, all this kind of stuff. Like he is a golf uh, pro coach and all the pros use him. And he, he read this quote or, or he, made, he, he gave this quote to uh, Golf Digest. He said, I've spent my share of time around miserable millionaires. If you assume tour players are unimaginably happy and content, I assure you that is not the case. Many are, but most aren't. They are healthy, rich, and living the dream, but something in them, the perfectionist tendencies, perhaps leads them to not being happy people. And then he says, this guy who spent a lifetime around miserable millionaires, he says, If there's a fact of life I see hit home on almost a daily basis, it's that money and fame do not bring, what's it going to say? But I'd like to try, right? (laughs) Isn't that how we feel? There was a great quote about money. uh, uh, It said, um, money is like seawater. The more you drink, the thirstier you get. Isn't that true? And so Jesus speaks to the crowd, all longing for what this rich guy had, and says, beware. Life is not measured by how much you own. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth and not have a rich relationship with God. One of the colors that's going to be woven and mixed in through this teaching is this idea of here and there. Jesus says, a person is a fool to store up treasure here, in this place, to store up earthly wealth and not have a rich relationship with God there. He warns about things that are temporary versus things that are eternal. Let's keep going. He's going to expand on this. In verse 22 through 28, he says, Then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, and I, and I don't know, I just kind of imagine this like with a sly smile and kind of a raised eyebrow. That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, for life is more. Life is more than food and, and your body more than clothing. He says, look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for God feeds them and you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? He says, look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and are thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. And then he blends in a whole other color. I'm going to bring this color in with one sentence. He says, 
Why do you have so little faith? Jesus, with a sly grin and a raised eyebrow, it seems to me, he says, do you want to know what the secret of life is? And you see his disciples lean in. Several times Jesus is going to use things around him. It was kind of, a, kind of a natural part of his teaching process to talk about planters in a field maybe that they're looking at on, on, a, on, a, on a hillside next to them. Uh, in several occasions, or, or earlier in this chapter, he talks about hairs on the head. And I can't help but think that like he was making a joke about this. You know, he talks about even God knows that, you know, he points at somebody like me and says, even God, well, everybody knows how many hairs you have. And then he, he points, God knows how many hairs, and he points to somebody like Christian and say, God knows how many hairs Christian has on his head. You know, I, I think he uses kind of these commonplace things. He will talk about, uh, he'll talk about sparrows. Like, you see those sparrows, or, or maybe those ravens sitting over there. He'll talk about lilies of the valley. And, and the couple of colors that, that he blends together, a couple of things that stick out. He talks about food and clothes. Again, there's this warning. Beware of anything that has an expiration date. Lilies uh, would have covered the hillsides of, of this area, and they're, pre, they're beautiful when they're in bloom, but this is also an area that didn't have a lot of like firewood or, or fuel for your fire. And so, but when the lilies die and they turn brown, they become something you can use to cook with and heat your house. Jesus says, why are you worrying about temporary things? It's the, it's the example of the kid crying over the ice cream cone melting in the sun. Have you seen this? On a warm sunny day, you give your child a, an ice cream cone and what immediately begins to happen and they begin to mourn and cry that the cone is, the, the ice cream is melting. And Jesus says, he says, that's kind of you. He said, that's, that's kind of us. What's your worry? Is it, I mean, is it really much different? He said, why are you worrying about things that are supposed to be Temporary. And I love verse 23, something maybe you should highlight, but he just says life is more. Life, life is more than food, your body is more than clothes, life is more. And I love that he kind of says, have some faith. Faith really, uh, you know, his, his deep question is, this is not the question you want Jesus to ask you, why do you have so little faith? Uh, it's a deep penetrating thing and he kind of juxtaposes it right there with worry. He almost places like faith as like one pole of a magnet and worry as the opposite pole of a magnet, right? And what happens when you try to put these two poles together? They're going to push each other apart. Like they're, they're almost opposite. Like, like worry has this, this ability to push out our faith, but faith also has the ability to what? Push out worry. And he says real life is found in things that don't have an expiration date. There's another color blended in this, and the color is... Um, that you are incredibly valuable. Did you hear that? Earlier he will talk about, you know, God knows everything about sparrows, but hey, you're, you're way more valuable than them. Here he's going to talk about ravens and lilies, but, what's, but you are 
don't, don't miss this. You are more valuable than temporary stuff. And you were created for something more. Maybe your body is temporary. Maybe your body belongs to the here and the now. But you were built for something eternal. Are you with me? Let's keep going. Verses 29 through 32. Jesus continues. And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. So these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world, but your father already knows your needs. Verse 31. If you don't have it highlighted, you definitely should. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't, what are those two words? Let's do it again. So don't what? little lambs for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom lots of things in our world come with big promises all right so today is the is the super bowl and so a super bowl of commercials right like that's you know we're going to pay attention to these commercials it's the biggest commercial day of the whole year and these commercials they're spending millions of dollars to to make you some sort of promise right it is going to be if you just had this if you just used this if you just purchased this it comes with a promise of happiness and sustainability and fulfillment but what's the problem I don't care what they offer you today in those commercials. It is ultimately, it has an expiration date on it, doesn't it? It is temporary. And so Jesus says, don't be concerned. I love the NIV. The NIV says, don't set your heart. He says, you're not to worry about the temporary. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. He said people are going to get sucked in by these commercials. They're going to look at the rich man and go, oh, man, if I just had that. But he said, you who are my followers, disciples, Christians, you are supposed to be able to tell the difference between temporary, what's not valuable, and what has real value, between temporary and eternal. And I want you to be able to tell the difference. And then he says, verse 31, he just drops it on us. So he says, seek above all else. The, the number one thing, most important, this is the actual beating heart of Luke's gospel, of the gospels. It is this verse. Above all else, seek the kingdom of God. That is a kingdom that is not temporary, but is eternal. And when you seek this kingdom, if, when you seek eternal things, you don't have to worry about temporary. Because the Lord of heaven and earth who set earth on its foundations. He already knows what you need. 
everything hinges on this. His kingdom is the place to find happiness and sustainability and fulfillment. And then in verse 32, he says, don't be afraid. Fear's the, a, a big theme in this chapter. Don't be afraid, little flock. Don't be afraid, little lambs. Um, I don't know, what are, what are you afraid of? Spiders and snakes? Like, what are you afraid of? Megan, what are you afraid of? Me calling you out in a sermon? <laughs> Just like Jesus. Um, uh, maybe, uh, maybe you... Maybe you're afraid or you worry about your kids getting hurt or sick. Do you have that? Um, it's weird that uh, I worry is not the biggest issue in my life. I think if I worried about one thing, I probably worry about money. Um, that just seems to, I don't know, do we all kind of have that one thing we kind of worry about that kind of, like, so money is something that I worry about. Um, I don't. I don't know that I have a good reason to worry about it. That's just one of the things that, when I'm stressed or tired or whatever, like worry over worry over money kind of comes up. But um, you know, you guys know this about me. I'm not really worried about my health or my safety a whole lot, um, <laughs> which is great because we have. I have about 27 grandmas here at Aspen Grove who all worry enough for me and are afraid enough for me. Um, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid um, you won't have enough? Are you afraid um, about a, maybe it's a commitment related to a relationship or uh, maybe you're afraid that um, your, your retirement money isn't going to last. Maybe you're afraid of, of death. If you back up a little bit, and, and I'll let you read it for yourself, but in verses 4 through 7, Jesus kind of confronts these ideas. He, he even says in verse 4, he says, Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot do any more to you after that. And you're like, well, <laughs> that's pretty bad. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. You, you don't get it. Like, you're afraid of all the wrong things. You are. This is your fear and your worry are, are completely completely misplaced. In fact, this may be a little bit too much for you guys, but in verse 5, he says, if you want to be afraid, I'll tell you who to be afraid of. You should be afraid of God. Really? Because all those other fears have to do with what place? There or here? Here. But there's a fear related to something else, to this eternal place, like that that is controlled by God is his place, is his kingdom. That's, the, that's what we should really be thinking about. You know, even in Scripture, it talks about fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? He said, man, you, you spend all this time thinking about, worrying about, being afraid of temporary things here, but the one thing you should really be thinking about, you don't. And Jesus would say in, in verse 7, he goes on to say, he said, but, but the one thing that maybe you could be afraid of, you shouldn't be afraid of. Because you are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. 
I said, if you want to worry about something, worry about your relationship with God. So don't be afraid, little flock. Because you know what makes God happy? Giving you the gift of the eternal. Don't be afraid. You know why? Because God smiles when he gives his kingdom to you. Finally, one last color. Let's blend it in. Verse 33 and 34. <laughs> Let's start off easy. Uh, sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you where? Here or there? And the purses of there never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe and no thief can steal it. No moth can destroy it. And then verse 34, another color. Wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will be also. Jesus says, crowd of people stepping on each other to hear this message. He said, beware guys, you, you, you might have a problem. I want you to guard against every kind of greed. Maybe they lived in a culture kind of like ours where greed was celebrated. And Jesus said, hold on, hold on, hold on. Be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful. I don't care what those players running on the field, what kind of car they drive or person they date or what. He's, be careful, be careful, be careful. And then Jesus gets incredibly practical. So maybe if you have an issue with worry or, or an issue, if you find yourself afraid or if you find yourself seeking after the wrong things or if you find yourself worrying, uh, Jesus gets incredibly, I, I, think, I think he gets incredibly practical. I, I think he actually gives us a prescription for our worry and for our fear uh, and for our displaced devotion. He, uh, he, he kind of, uh, he, he says, maybe, maybe consider it as a check engine light. You guys have these? All right, what's, what's the third, when this, <laughs> ladies, this is a thing in your car, it comes on, um, I'm sorry, that was mean. Um, so, so when this comes on uh, in your car, on, on your dash, uh, what does that mean? What, what's the first thing that comes to your head? Yeah, uh-oh. Uh, the first thing that comes to your head is, uh, turn the car off. Uh, is it this, uh, I see dollar signs when I see this, right? Like, this is going to cost me. Um, and Jesus said, let me see if I can explain this. So if you're, if you're having an issue with worry, if worry is a part of, of kind of consuming part of your, your time or your day, uh, when I get really worried, I can't sleep at night, like I can't turn it off. You, you know what I'm talking about? Jesus said, if, if you're having an issue with worry, or, or he said, maybe you're having an issue with fear, he said, I want you to see that as a, as a kind of check engine light. And what that means is if you're worrying or if you're being fearful, that, that means that, that something inside, the internal works, there's an issue. Are you with me? 
So, so worry is this kind of like, uh, um, this, <laughs> it's kind of like a check engine heart, uh, a check engine light for your heart. Are you with me? So if you're worrying, then something inside isn't, there's a, there's a problem that needs to be addressed. And, and if you don't address it, what's going to happen? It's going to lead to a breakdown, right? Something's going to happen. So he kind of tells the people, if, if your check engine light is on, if you're struggling with worry or fear, then he gives you a prescription. Here's how I want you to address it. Sell something. All right, this doesn't make sense. (laughs) So, Jesus, you're telling me, so my issue is, you know, so I worry about money. Am I having enough money? My kids, you know, retirement, all that kind of stuff. I worry about money, worry about money. Um, and, And so your prescription to me is, if I'm worrying about money and my check engine light is on, you're, what I should do about that is I should actually sell something and give the money to the poor. Okay, so maybe this isn't as counterintuitive as you think. I love this. So sometimes people talk about Christianity like this is not very practical. Jesus get pretty, they're pretty practical, right? If you have a worry, if you have a fear, sell something and give it to the poor. And, and I'm actually going to make this uh, homework for each of you. Uh, whether your check engine light is on or not, um, this week, sell something and give the money to the poor. Think you can do it? I know we've done this before. In fact, um, my wife and I, and, and she, she almost always points this out to me. She doesn't use these words, but she says, Adam, man, you're, you're starting to you go to that worry place again. And we know instantly, hey, it's time to give money away. It's time to sell something because our dependence has become misplaced, right? Jesus talks about that place of your heart has become, something in your heart has become dislodged. Our, our addiction to acquisition has displaced God in our life. And we, like the story of the rich man, begin to depend more on ourselves than on him. And when that happens, Jesus calls us a fool. He said, you're a fool. Store up things for yourself here to try to because you're you're so smarter because you have an awesome work ethic you're you're try to do it all by yourself try to make such a, a stable secure safe life for yourself like foolish that kind of security and stability and fulfillment only comes from one place it only comes when we give ourselves to God have a rich relationship with him so he says store up treasures in heaven build barns in heaven it's not going to get old it can't be stolen or, or destroyed it's going to last it's the difference between something that has an expiration date and something that doesn't 
it's kind of an eternal vault. So I'm going to invite the worship team back up. And All right, so let's talk about this, uh, this tie-dye t-shirt. As the, as the worship team comes back up here, let's, let's try to wrap these things up. You see all these different colors in this? Greed and money and kingdom and seeking and worry and doubt and fear and faith and ravens and sparrows and bald heads all mixed in together, right? <laughs> all here, all here together. Uh, I love the story of the, uh, there was an ambitious young man uh, that was on a, that was sat on a bench next to an old man who'd been around the block. And the ambitious young man began a conversation with the old man and he said, I will learn my trade. And the old man said, good. And then? And the ambitious young man said, well, then after I learn my trade, I'm going to set up a, a business for myself. And the old man said, man, that's, that's good. And then the young man said, well, I'm going to make my fortune. And the old man says, yeah. And then? And the young man said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to grow old and I'm going to retire and I'm going to live on my money. And the old man says, hmm. Yeah. And then? And the ambitious young man said, well, I suppose someday... I will die. And the old man, with one final stabbing question, says, And then? What's next for you? Are you investing in temporary things? Or have you got your sight set on the eternal? Above all else, seek the kingdom of God. And when you do, you won't have to worry anymore. Above all else, seek the kingdom of God. Be not afraid. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Maybe it's time for some of you uh, who, who live with constant worry. Uh, it's incredible to me that like we live in this world like um, maybe the best the world has ever been. Right? Fair to say? Yet, has worry increased or decreased in our world? Faith cast out worry. So I invite you in this moment to maybe check and see. Is your check engine light on? Has your loyalty and your trust been displaced? Are you looking for fulfillment in the temporary or are you, above all else, seeking God's kingdom? In just a moment, I'm going to pray and uh, give you a chance to respond to the Lord by, by taking communion. But if there's a way we can pray for you or serve you, maybe God's placed it on your heart uh, to, to get baptized, then we want to do that too. And I'm just going to move to the back of the room and I'll receive you there. Let's, play, let's pray together. Father God, thank you so much for your word. 
Man, there's there's so much stirring around in this teaching, God. It's uh, it's your awesome wisdom and and skill to know. Like you, you were speaking to a whole crowd of people, just like the way you would speak to us, uh, hitting on the things that uh, of the heart, the things that that really really matter. And so, Father God, maybe for some of us, we just need to confess to you that we're, our hope has been displaced. We've been looking to other things. And, and because of that, our, our check engine lights are on. Like, we, we know because, man, we've been worrying and we've been afraid. God, maybe we just some of us need to confess. Like, like the rich young man, I've just been looking at my stuff. I, I haven't been paying attention to, to what you're doing or who you are to God, I'm in my 20s. This is my time to prove myself to the world. Father God, some of us sit here very foolish. Let us not commit ourselves anymore to the path of the temporary, but Father God, let us set our sights on the eternal, on your kingdom, on your will, let us rest in your incredible, incredible provision, the, the provision that sees each and every heart in here, each and every life on this planet as incredibly valuable. Let us trust the value you see in us. Father God, we love you. None of this would be possible without your son, Jesus. And so God, as we enter in this time of communion, we remember him. We praise him, and we accept the free gift that he offers, a gift of hope and salvation, a gift of kingdom, of eternal life. Father God, we love you, and in your son Jesus' name, everyone together says,